podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hill on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And Buck. He's there. Yes, Amanda and ears. Now I can see eyes now. (laughs) But hello, welcome back to 93? Yeah, we're like way up there now. Yeah, we're almost to triple digits. We're damn near ancient. What are we going to do with ourselves? Uh, I have no idea. What are we going to do with ourselves? Oh, I don't know. I just fly by the seat of my pants. Oh, well, that's probably what we'll keep doing. No big deal. It's fine. Winging it? That sounds good. Yeah, why not? Um, oh, boy, I am ready to tell you about how happy I am to not have extra dogs anymore. Oh, yeah? Are you? It sounds very quiet there. It is. It's okay. So my parents picked up their dogs yesterday. Thank God. And let me just tell you, I sent you the, did I send you the picture of Dash Cheesin? Yes. On Snapchat. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got a real good picture of uh, one of the dogs doing a cheesers. <laughs> and my mom said that was creepy. But then he started thinking after I got the picture he started thinking if he does cheesers, he can get in my face and love on me all the time. And I was like, mm, not quite what we're doing here, Dash. <laughs> I guess I created that monster. I was going to say a little unintentional training there. Uh-huh. Um, and then Izzy just, oh my God. I had to, so let's put it this way. I, I got my hair cut, mm-hmm. but it was because I needed some time away from Izzy. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> If they were outside, they barked. She was completely terrified of our backyard after all the fireworks. Completely oh, terrified. God love her. And oh, she's so sweet. Um, but she, like, even broad daylight, middle of the day, she, hell no, she was not going out there. Oh, no. It was not happening. And so, anyway, so it was really hard to get her to go out there. If I left her out there and closed the door, she'd bark. Plus, it was really hot, and I felt really bad. Like, I know they were there's plenty of shade back there, and I had water and all of that, but I was like, I can't, I can't just leave her out there barking and stressed. <laughs> so she was inside and always touching me, always touching me. It's the worst Didn't being matter. responsible. So I was like, I need a break. And so I was going to go get my nails done, but there were no nail salons in my area that had openings mm-hmm. um, for any days coming up. And so I just started looking and I was like, this place can cut my hair today. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> you can't do my nails. You can do my hair. So I chopped a few inches off my hair just to get away from dogs. I bet it feels better, though, with it being uh, hot. My hair was always pulled up anyways. We discussed this two minutes oh, yeah. ago. True. Okay. So. Anyways, I sent you a Snapchat about it, how I, and then I had to walk home from my hair appointment because Cody had a doctor's appointment an hour after my hair appointment. Mm-hmm. And so it made it so that either one of us had to cancel or I had to walk. And I was like, I guess I'll walk. No big deal. Was it far? <sighs> no, it's not far. It's, um, I'd say just a couple blocks, like okay. up and over. It's one turn. So okay. I shouldn't complain, but I'm going to complain. Well, I had to ask because I don't live in an area where you can just walk places. That's wild to me. Like, 
And I wouldn't say we can walk a lot of places. This salon is just situated in a place where I could walk. Like if it were any of the other salons in the surrounding area, I wouldn't have walked to it. This just happens to be right there. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, we can't even like last weekend when we took the dog and the family on a walk, we kind of got to the end of the street and we were like, okay, well, let's just turn back because we can't make a block because there's no sidewalk that way and there's no sidewalk that way. So what's your point? I'm not walking on the road with small children and my dog. You, you're insane. First of all, I grew up where we didn't have sidewalk. Like the road was our domain. Well, where, where my parents live isn't highly populated. I mean, so as the further you go, the less houses you see. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, we walked from like at most like the bus stop. I think I made it all the way home once or twice. But that yeah. was also like a two mile walk and sucked when you had a school bag with you. Was it uphill both ways? Yeah, totally. <laughs> in the Actually, in, in some parts, it was uphill both ways, <laughs> depending on the route you took, okay? <laughs> Listen, my, my mom and I, so this was forever ago, 10 plus years, my sister lost the car key. Oh, and the car no. was not at home. So, like, we no. had the spare at home. But the car wasn't there. And so my mom and I put on our walking shoes and we walked all the way down to where the car was. And it was, it had to have been at least, it feels like it was 10 miles. It feels like it was 100 miles because we, like, <laughs> two miles there, mm-hmm. probably, yeah, it had to have been at least close to 10, if not 10. And we walked the whole was thing. Was it hot? Oh, it was so hot. Oh, it's always double distance when it's hot. That's like oh scientific fact. And we were doing really good, but we were like, let's stop in at this gas station and get some water really quick because we were thirsty, out of water. Got to stay hydrated. That was like the biggest mistake we could have made because we weren't done. Like we were really close, but we weren't mm-hmm. done. And we got in there and we were both just like, oh, I don't want to leave. Oh, no. And- like, because, you know, we slowed down for a minute, our pace and all of that. Mm-hmm. I remember it taking us a hot minute to, like, get back into walking. And mm-hmm. we started feeling, like, the the tiredness. Yeah. The point of that story is that we walked on the road. We were fine. We survived. There's still no sidewalks. But that's how I grew up. But here, we're in, like, the middle of town. Granted, it's town and not city. But still, I don't. Look, have you have you driven anywhere lately? I know you work from home and you walked to get your hair cut, but have you driven anywhere lately? Because people can't drive. Yes, I drive on occasion. Okay. Hot damn. Throw me (laughs) under the bus like I'm some sort of hermit. Wait, that's not how I meant it. (laughs) Have you driven anywhere? Have you gotten out of the house recently? (laughs) The answer is yes, I went and got my hair cut. Okay. Thank you. In all reality, Bryce works from, Bryce working from home is just her holed up in a cave with Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's, it's the best thing ever, guys. Just <laughs> on cold days, I'm wrapped in my blankie and having the time of my life. So I don't oh, see the issue. Not how I meant that. I just meant like people can't drive. In uh-huh, general, sure. America as a whole, people can't drive and I don't trust them. You know, I had to drive my ass all the way to a doctor's appointment the other day by myself. I couldn't even be a passenger princess. I had to drive. 
That's honestly the worst. I know. Cody didn't go with me. It was crap. You just, you should just get a chauffeur. I, well, I have one. His name is Cody. Oh, well, he was slacking that day. <laughs> he was also working. So I guess I shouldn't <laughs> complain. I'm going to complain. No, you can but still complain. That's fine. I didn't say I wasn't going to. I said I shouldn't. <laughs> Anyways, that's how I've been. I'm just so relieved to be rid of dogs. <laughs> we'll just transition back to what we were talking about where I was telling you I got rid of dogs oh yeah that's where this started you got rid of dogs and you live in a cave yeah. that's where we ended yeah I mean full circle that's fine <laughs> eventually it'll be full circle I live in the cave with my dogs there you go okay and there's two less now yeah there's just two less which has been really great which isn't gonna last because we're gonna have an additional one in a next weekend why do you hate yourself? It's for Cody's sister. So I'm happy to watch their one dog um, <laughs> because they're going to a family reunion that we're not going to. And so she's like, can you can you just watch my dog Odin? And here's the other issue is Odin is also a stage five clinger with Brittany. And so I worry he's going to be a stage five oh. clinger with me. Oh, no. What kind of dog is it? Uh, Sharpe. Oh, so a little clinger medium clinger bigger than Maisie oh Sharpe I'm thinking of a um pug chihuahua no the um the fluffy ones that one yeah I don't know why in my head because the Sharpe's are the wrinkly ones yeah yeah I used to know a girl that had one but for some reason every time someone says Sharpe I'm like oh uh not a Pomeranian god yeah not a Pomeranian but yeah so that I just look I'm just glutton for a punishment and we'll see. We'll see how he does. And I also have to go check on the cat at their house, which surprised Mm -hmm. me because my sister-in-law does not like cats. In fact, last I checked, she was afraid of cats. So why there's a cat allowed in their house, I don't know, but there is. Well, I mean, obviously, because cats choose us, so she didn't have a choice. Oh, no, this is not her cat. This is her mother-in-law's cat. Oh. So she really didn't have a choice. No, I guess not. I don't know. I I have no idea what's going on there. I just, I'm here. Anyways, well, how are you? Let's move that subject right on to you. Um, I think I'm good. You know, regardless of the whole car situation, don't have it. Haven't cranked it since a week now. Yeah, a week and a day. Eight days. I just realized. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I just realized. You said a week now because you've had James's car because he hasn't been working. That means he's been off for a whole week with Annie and I've been waiting anxiously for an update. Oh. Yeah, they had a blast. (laughs) Of course they did. Can you see on my face how wonderful that is? (laughs) They had the best time on their week together. They partied. Because Jack is also down. So we had Jack and we'll have him this coming like for the next week too. Um, yeah, Annie partied for, okay, here's an example. He asked me today when he woke up, cause he went back to work tonight and he was like, did you give her a bath? And I'm like, no, her bath day's tomorrow. She gets, she gets baths on Sundays. And he's like, oh, her hair looks really clean. And I was like, I brushed it. That's the secret. You gotta brush her hair. Yeah, you gotta brush it. Oh my hell. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I just tousled it like I do my hair. No big deal. Yeah. He's like, just throw it in a ponytail. Keep it out of her face. 
Because we're still <laughs> arguing about the, he's like, we need to cut her bangs. And I'm like, that's not how bangs work. If you cut them, she will have them. Let it grow. And it won't be in her face anymore. I promise. You just got to, you got to let it grow. Right. Because if you cut the bangs, they're going to grow and be in her face again. So you got to cut it, them again. It's, exactly. it's a vicious cycle, bud. Yeah. You just got to let them grow. You got to let them grow. Take it from me. Someone who does not have bangs. You just got to let it go. You know, I almost got bangs. Did you really? Boy, you Did were stressed, bangs? weren't you? <laughs> no, I've had bangs in the past. They don't bother me until, mm-hmm. I, you know, until they get to like here-ish. Mm-hmm. But as long as I can push them out of the way, I just didn't want to do the training on them to train them Ugh. to not stick straight up. I'm having to train my part right now, which is arguably more annoying than the car because like the car's getting towed tomorrow is going to the shop and then it's out of our hair for a little bit quite literally but my hair my part has moved from like right here to over here like mm-hmm. i don't even know what that is like what is that it's like part? the outside corner of my eyeball yes and i think it's, it's because i don't like it i think it's because i told you like i have we have to cover our tattoos at work so i always cover the right side of my neck so i think it has slowly so you've been like flipping your hair over not intentionally but yeah i've tried to just brush it back and around but sometime in there now i've got this random part so this just sticks straight up like this and then this just sticks straight out so this is what my hair does so she's she's demonstrating like a not a Franken, like a mad scientist hairdo here. Hair mm-hmm. sticking up everywhere, but yeah. only in the front. Only in the front, because I have baby hair that won't grow. So, <sighs> well, if that, that sounds like a you problem, if I've ever heard of one. It is, and it's the worst. I, can, I have no one to blame but myself. It could be worse. You could have just had a stressful day and went and chopped your hair off. <laughs> I have anxiety just thinking about that. <sighs> like I said, I just needed an hour. With no dogs, no dog noises. Because even like if I, let's say, try to shower and lock them out of the bathroom for a minute or even put them in their crate for that, all they did was whine. And I was like, I just, I need a break. <laughs> and by the last day, let's just say um, <clears throat> Maisie was done too. Oh. She was over it. She's like, Mom, Dad, I moved out for a reason. Oh, my God. You gotta go. She was, so she, it wasn't the last day, it was the night before. She was getting so just nippy at the other two. Like, (laughs) they would come too close to her, and she was like, get away, growling at them. And I was like, Maisie, chill. (laughs) Like, I know Maisie's, or Izzy's a biatch, but stop. (laughs) And then the next day, she resolved to, I assume, show her dominance, because all of a sudden, she started mounting everyone. And I was like, oh. "Oh." Maisie, stop. And I shouldn't even say everyone. She started mounting the other female. And I was like, I I can't. She, so, there's, there, there's only one in this house. There can be only yeah, one. It's Maisie. So <laughs> she said, get going or get got. She said, listen, it's my my way or the highway. And <laughs> Izzy and Dash chose the highway. <laughs> the highway home, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any other updates? I can't think of any, so I guess not. All right. Well, for all of our listeners, we do post our pictures on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast, 
Twitter is Hell on Heels Pod. We also have our Linktree, our Patreon, our Discord. Those things are up and, up and going. So if you want to go and support us on those, Linktree will give you the links to all the things. Discord, you can just come shit talk with us. Uh, Patreon, you know, the usual for support there. Um, and I think that's everything. Unless you guys want to email us, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can always email us if you have suggestions, words of encouragement, whatever you want there. Um, but I think we're, I think I'm ready for a story. Okay. So I got one for you. I thought it was, I thought it was going to be a little shorter. It was a little hard to find stuff on, but I bring you today the pizza delivery murders in New Jersey, New Jersey, if you will. I can tell you right now, I'm never ordering pizza again. Just don't order it for delivery. If it makes you feel any better, here's a spoiler alert. They are both in jail and they will remain in jail for a very long time. Okay, that's great. I maintain uh, I'm still probably not going to order pizza for delivery ever again. Okay. So you said pizza delivery murders and I went, Mm -hmm. bye. Check. That's done. So this happened in Hardiston, New Jersey, April 19th, 1997. It was a Saturday night. 25-year-old Giorgio, I love that name. Giorgio Galera owned a pizza restaurant called Tony's Pizza and Pasta. Love it. Straight to the point. This is what we got. Pizza and pasta. Mm -hmm. We know it's from Tony. Yes. I imagine a salad, maybe some breadsticks. He had worked at this restaurant since 1988. And he saved up money and he bought the restaurant in 93 when he was 21 years old. Dang. Yeah, right? I was very impressed with that. He was like, I love what I'm doing. I want to do it forever. And this is where I want to do it. Yeah. Did he rename it or did he leave it as Tony's? From what I could tell, he kept it. It was, he left it at Tony's. Okay. Galera had a daughter with his girlfriend, Laura Pierce, shortly after buying the restaurant. So she was about four years old around this time. And a former employee said that he had worked there for six months and Giorgio was there from open to close. Like this guy was just dedicated, loved what he was doing, I guess. He, just uh, He was serious about it. He yeah. was like, no, this is going to run smooth. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of boss that I want. He seemed like he was, and we'll get into it a little more, but he seemed like he was there. He was there with his employees. He was in touch with what was happening. Exactly. Now, I imagine it being a Saturday night. They were probably pretty busy, especially in 97. So they got a call to deliver to 196 Scott Road in Franklin, New Jersey. And this is a different town, but according to Google, Franklin's like five minutes from Hardiston. And this was actually the second time that this specific person called in. They had called once before. But when they were told that Jeremy Giordano was working, they hung up. And then they called back later and they placed the order. So Giorgio, he had a bad feeling about this. So he went with Jeremy to deliver the pizzas to this house. I get the feeling I can order pizza for delivery again. I'll just be nice to the delivery drivers. Yes. Okay. Jeremy Giordano was 22 years old. He had graduated from Wallkill Valley High School in 1994. And I thought this was funny. He was on the wrestling team, but one of the other students said that he didn't do well, but he tried like hell. (laughs) 
You know what? That counts. That does. That counts. A for effort. Mm -hmm. And his mom said that he, he really cared about the family. He actually helped take care of the family. He gave them money if they needed it just to help his family get by. So he just sounds, this, this broke my heart. Okay. He just sounds like a really good kid. I say kid. He was 22, but um, a really good person. Co-worker said that Jeremy knew this county like the back of his hand. One of the other workers there said that if you asked him for directions on delivery, he could tell you what kind of grass was on the lawn of the house you were delivering to. Dang. Yeah, which is also impressive because I don't know what, I don't know what grass is like. What, I know there's Crab dark green grass. and light green. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I got. There's clover, but that's technically not grass. So I I'm know. just thinking about him describing my yard and he'd be like, yeah, there's no grass. It's dirt. Like. <laughs> There's some weeds coming up, uh, and maybe a couple spots with some <laughs> random mix of grass, but it's a dirt. Like, <laughs> and there's dirt. one flower by the door. Yeah, uh, there's but there's thirty gnomes. Like, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly what he would say. He'd be like, "Just go down this road. It's on the right. It's the one with all the gnomes." <laughs> Literally all the gnomes. Like, if you do not see a gnome, you're at the wrong house. <laughs> Like, I think the people living there might be gnomes. I don't know. <laughs> They're gnomes. <laughs> They're gnome keepers. I don't know. <laughs> They're just secret gnomes. That's all it is. You just open, stack on top of seem, one another. Yes, they seem normal, but really they're on stilts. Yeah. That's yeah. why they always wear pants. You never see them in shorts. Oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Giorgio and Jeremy... They left the restaurant at about 10.30 p.m. to deliver these pizzas. And Giorgio was supposed to go camping with his girlfriend that night. So while he went on this delivery, Laura was actually waiting for him to get back in the parking lot. Uh, but he would, they would never come back. Two men arrived at the house. Or I'm sorry, these two men arrived at the house. And they found two teenage boys waiting outside. So they pull up to the house and... They're on Galera's side in the passenger seat. So they approach the car from the passenger side, and Giorgio told them that they, they owed $16.50 for the order, which also, like, that was two pizzas. Pizzas were cheap back then. You pay $16.50 for, like, one pizza and a couple things of garlic sauce now. Uh, well, correction, one pizza with one topping can be eight bucks, depending on where you go. True. But that doesn't include delivery fees plus tip. Exactly. Yeah. That's where they get you. Mm -hmm. <sighs> the good old days where pizzas were, what, eight twenty five each. Right. 18-year-old Thomas Koskovich and asked Jason Vreeland, who was 17 years old, if he had the money. And Vreeland was like, yeah. And then Koskovich said, no, never mind. I got the money. Before he reached into his pocket and pulled out a semi-automatic 45 caliber pistol and fired seven shots into the car. What's the point? Like, what? I'm glad you asked because they do have a point and they do tell police. So, Vreeland, mm -hmm. he pulled out a 22 caliber revolver and he also started shooting. The car rolled a short distance before coming to a stop in a bushy, muddy area, and Koskovich and Vreeland both ran to the car. Koskovich opened the passenger door, and he pulled Galera out by his jacket. 
And while Galera lay face down on the ground, Koskovich searched him for money before running to the driver's side door and pulling Jeremy out the same way, and he searched him as well. As Vreeland pulled Jeremy from the car, or excuse me, as Koskovich pulled Jeremy from the car, Vreeland yelled at him, that's Jeremy, that's Jeremy. He knew Jeremy. They were acquaintances, and he recognized him. And that's why they originally hung up the phone when they found out he was working that night. Why? Okay, but I'm confused. If they're acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Why did they go through with it? Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's, it's not a good reason. I could have told you that. <laughs> okay, fair. Both Koskovich and Vreeland searched the car before Vreeland attempted to move it, but it got stuck in the mud and he was just like spinning the tires. So Koskovich yelled at him to just leave it. They were going to take the car. They were going to steal the car too. As they ran back to Koskovich's car, he told Vreeland, I can't believe we did this. And Vreeland responded, I love you, man. And they hugged. Gross. Yeah, that's... Like, I'm all for bros hugging bros, but not not now. Not, not in this reason. Yeah, that's what is wrong. Both of them are monsters. It's like, oh, what are the... the I, I, it's tip of my tongue is a case we've already done. Two kids. I know exactly who it is. I covered it. They did the same bullshit, though, where they killed a girl. Ah, it's tip of my tongue. I can't remember what case it was. But they killed a girl, and we're like all giddy about it they didn't hug at least they didn't tell anyone they hugged but regardless yeah, that's the like, other thing like not only did you hug you you told police about that right that was a key detail for you guys to be like hey we bro hugged it was great yes like that just makes it even sicker to me to like in the confession uh spoiler alert again it's koskovich who tells the police most of this and it's like what why yeah why why would you do it and then why would you make sure to tell police that you did it's just it's just gross it's just i don't understand that because it's just i don't i don't i don't know i don't like it there's other ways to bond go play video games go go throw a football I hate it so much after driving for a short ways koskovich changed out of his bloodstained clothes they stopped at a church and they made the sign of the cross in front of the door. And then they went back to Koskovich's house. He put both guns and the clothes in a gym bag and he hid it outside. He gave Vreeland a shirt and then they went to hang out at the bowling alley. Just like no big deal. We, we did this horrendous thing and we're going to go hang out at the bowling alley. Yeah. Just like that just normal Saturday night, I guess. Had some pizza, committed a murder, went to the bowling alley. I hate it so much. I hate it too that they went to the church and specifically got out of the car, walked up to the door and then did the sign of the cross. And from my understanding, it was like the forehead, chest, shoulder, shoulder sign of the cross. What's what is that going to do for you, bud? You know what? That reminds me of a movie that Cody watches all the time. But now I don't know what it's called either. I don't there's no brain cells in my head. Dash might have taken them all. I don't know, but there's nothing up here either. So <laughs> I can't help with that. I'm sorry. My recall is <laughs> trash. So I'm not asking for your recall. I'm just saying. <laughs> so they hang out at the bowling alley for a little while and then they go back to Koskovich's house and they had a sleepover. They went to bed. Night, night. 
I don't, I don't like that. The first officer on the scene found Jeremy's car with both victims on the ground beside it. There was a large amount of blood both inside and outside the car. And they found shell casings in and around the car. Which, like, it didn't specify. But if they found shell casings in the car, I imagine they had to be really close. Right. Like, point blank. Like, point blank, yes. Yeah. Autopsy... Autopsy showed that Jeremy had been shot twice in the neck and twice in the left knee. And Giorgio had been shot five times. One grazed his nose. One hit the right side of his face. He had been hit twice on his right elbow and once in the back of the head. When Christine Slater heard about the murders the next day, she immediately called police. Because these guys are super smart. And Slater was friends with Koskovich. And he had told her the day before this murder happened that he had planned to kill a pizza delivery person. But why? I'm fighting. I'm fighting not telling you why. But because we are. We're going to get to it. Actually, there's two reasons. But because they're stupid. That's the uh, yeah, that's that's the reason that they did not give. A resident of Scott Road had also contacted the police and told them that he had seen the car parked on the street that night. And I guess as he was driving around, and it didn't sound like he was specifically looking for it, but he had happened to drive past Koskovich's house and saw this car sitting there. And the car was very easy to recognize because Koskovich drove a blue Chevy Cavalier with a damaged headlight and a really loud muffler. So it's not exactly hard to miss. Right, he's pretty obvious. Right. So when this neighbor, or this, I don't know that it was a neighbor, when the person that lived on Scott Road saw this car, he called police and was like, hey, that house over there, I saw that car that night. Two days after the murders, on April 21st, 1997, police arrested Koskovich at his home. When they searched Koskovich himself, they found a bag of 26 pills these pills were later identified as Fioracet, and this is a barbiturate that can treat tension headaches. But since it's a sedative, people they do find that people sometimes abuse it, which to me is just weird because I've I've had headache medicine before that makes me feel weird when I take it, and it's not a good feeling. Right. So you do you, I guess. They also found 12 seeds that looked like marijuana seeds, and they found five $10 bills. They searched his home with a warrant and found both guns, Galera's wallet, with a photo ID gym card. It was not in the wallet. It was in a different location. They found the bloody clothes. They found a price list for illegal items like fake IDs or literature regarding credit card fraud and they found a pair of black gloves so they interview koskovich and he confessed straight up he's like here you go here's what happened he signed a paper waiving his miranda rights and from what i read in the court documents this is the (laughs) third time he signed away his miranda rights okay yeah He also then recorded a 46-minute video interview confessing to the crimes. 
So like you said, absolutely not no upset remorse. about this at all. No, not an inkling of remorse. There's so little care in the world. This is as if they're like, oh yeah, we, we tipped over a trash can. La-di-da-di-da. Yeah. Like the Sims, when someone just comes by and kicks your trash can over and leaves. That's, that's what he was and, feeling. And it's just a sheer inconvenience for you and your Sim because you got to go pick that shit up before and a I plant never, grows. And I never see it until they're trying to take out the trash. So they got to drop the trash, pick up the trash can. Now I've got two piles of trash in the front yard next to my snowman. Gosh, I started buying the trash cans that can't be tipped over. That's a thing? Yeah, like the outdoor ones. Not like the ones that look like like actual garbage cans, but like mm-hmm. the ones that look like they should be out in a park or something. Oh, like a dumpster? That's mm. a really good idea. No. Not like the big dumpsters, but like oh. what like a small one that you would see at like the entrance of Target or something. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna start doing that. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome for a little Sims knowledge. At yeah. least I haven't had anyone tip those ones over. This has been Sims 4 tips with Bryce and Amanda. <laughs> There's not many of them, I promise that. <laughs> so, okay. During this confession, Koskovich did not start with the murder. His story started on April 8th, 11 days before the murder. This is so premeditated, it hurts. Um, yeah. He started by telling police that he and an accomplice, Michael Conklin, drove past the police station and around Franklin that night because they were looking for officers. Trying to, you know, just see what's going on, scoping out the town. And Conklin dropped Koskovich off at a sporting goods store called Adventure Sports. And then Conklin went and parked in a parking lot of an apartment complex nearby. While Conklin was waiting, Koskovich busted a front window with a baseball bat and then busted a display case where he stole a 40 caliber semi-automatic pistol, a 22 caliber revolver, and a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol. 20 minutes later, Conklin goes back to the store. Koskovich hopped in, and he told Conklin to drive to a laundromat. Once they got there, Koskovich hid the guns under the hood of the car, Changed his pants. I don't know why this boy's always changing pants either. Everything he does, he has to stop and change his pants. He's like, this doesn't match the the energy, the vibe. So I got to change yes. my pants really quick. Oh, I got a little glass on my pants while I was breaking and entering. So got to get out of that. Yeah. Um, after this, he spent the night with his buddy Conklin. The next day, he gave Conklin the forty caliber semi-automatic pistol. And then he left. According to Koskovich, he and Vreeland had discussed robbing and possibly killing a piece of delivery person before this robbery. So this was, like you said, it was absolutely premeditated. They needed weapons. So I guess he's like, oh, well, I'll just go hit up this store, rob this, and then we have our weapons. Bing, bang, boom. That was bad. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. And he told police... And uh, from what I read, multiple friends, that he wanted to kill somebody because he wanted to be a hitman in the mafia. Because <laughs> the mafia wants a jackass like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the mafia, I don't know if y'all know, they frequently tell everybody their plans before they do them. 
Well, here's my other thing is he's going back 11 days and he's adding in these very insignificant details. I changed my pants. No one gives a shit that you changed your pants. Yeah, no. Correction, police might care if they need evidence. But point is, is that that's such an insignificant piece of information. And it sounds like he's freely just like, oh, yeah, I changed my pants. And then I, I scratched my nose, the left side, not the right side, because the left side was itchy. And With then, my pinky finger, specifically. Yeah, pinky finger. And yeah. then I blinked six times, and then I breathed in, exhaled, breathed in, exhaled, held it for a second. Like, I just, I feel like he's just, like, giving them a play-by-play of every single second. And the officers are just like, oh my god, move on already. Don't care about the pants. I don't care that you were wearing khaki corduroys. That has nothing to do with this. He's over there saying it was a khaki corduroy corduroys with this brand, this size, this color of beige. Like they it were wasn't actually color jinkos. They were super in style at the time. Yes. And let me just tell you, I looked fly as hell. <laughs> like I Both don't understand times. exactly. I coordinated. <laughs> I, I wonder if it. it was something in his head that was like, I changed pants because I know how to crime. I know exactly what I'm doing. And this is how smart I am that I changed pants and that I'm telling you about it now. And the officers are like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> Exactly. I guess we'll take the original pair of pants as evidence, but <laughs> you're giving us enough here as is. On the night of the 19th, Koskovich and Vreeland, and this is still according to Koskovich, they strapped the guns to their chests. They copied down several pizza places' phone numbers on a piece of paper, and they got some change from Koskovich's girlfriend, Kimberly Prestige, because they didn't even have change. But why do they need change at this point? Oh, I'll tell you about it. It's more dumb. <laughs> Just more dumb. They scoped out the abandoned house on Scott Road and they saw it and they were like, perfect, let's go. Off we go to Dunkin' Donuts. They hop back in the car. They go to Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) I see your face. They go to Dunkin' Donuts and they used a payphone there, which multiple people remember seeing them do. And they started calling restaurants. And when they called Tony's and they learned that Jeremy Giordano was working that night, they hung up. Because like I said, Jeremy... And Jason, it said they were acquaintances. They at least knew one another. They at least knew who they were. But when no other restaurants agreed to deliver to the house, they called up Tony's again and placed the order. Why wouldn't other restaurants deliver to the house? Because it was abandoned? I'm so glad you asked. I wrote this down just in case you did. Uh, they, the other restaurants they called, they either did not have the option to deliver they did not deliver or they declined because it was sketchy because when they asked for like a callback phone number they wouldn't give them one so they were like well no okay that's fair Vreeland was a little more tight-lipped about the whole thing when he was arrested but he did admit to shooting at the car he and his lawyers it's the were the same thing, sir. There's people in the car. Yes, but he and his lawyers were adamant that he didn't want to kill anybody. He only shot at the car 
to prove he was a friend of Koskovich. I think your presence there proves that enough. Yes. Like I said earlier, you can't just bond through baseball or something. Can't go play catch outside. Look, me and Maisie bond all the time playing fetch. I'm sure you can find a way to do it. I don't think they could. I don't like their plans here. I don't like them. I don't like them either. After being arrested, Vreeland was taken to the juvenile detention center because he was only 17. And he told another inmate that he just shot into the dashboard. He also said that he never thought they would go through with their plan. And that they wanted to see what it was like to kill somebody. Okay, all of this whole thing is contradictory, right? Like, yeah. I never intended to actually kill anyone. I didn't think we'd go through. I only shot into the dashboard, but I did want to know what it was like to kill somebody. Exactly, yeah. We we had like, this whole plan. We never thought we would go through with it. But then I guess Koskovich hands him a gun and it's like, hey, copy down some pizza number, some pizza delivery numbers from the phone book and let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. And he's like, all right, love you, bro. Which I I feel like we hear, we've heard that a couple different times. That is a thought process that I just don't understand. I I have never in my life wondered that. Well, I'm thinking about like, even like with animals, like I can't imagine hunting. Like for me, I'm not, I'm not a hunter. I can tell you that now. So taking a life that way, even I'm like, I can't imagine doing that. Like to me, that's just not saying hunting is bad because I know like their limitations and blah, blah, blah. But, like, for me, I can't imagine taking a life at, like, my hands. Unless it's a freaking fly. Flies can go die in hell. But that's, I mean, that's a bug. Or a bird. When you, even at birds, I don't feel like I want a bird to die at my hand. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to kill it. See, when I was in animal control, that's something I never got used to. I never got used to taking the life of an animal. And, Like, when it comes to a human, I cannot imagine. I can't even fathom. So when people are like, oh, I just wanted to see what it was like. You need to see a therapist. That's what you need to see. Because that's not healthy. That's not a healthy thought process. Right. So even though he never wanted to kill anybody, it was later determined that Koskovich fired the bullet that claimed Giordano's life. And Vreeland killed Galera with that single bullet to the back of his head. Sussex County prosecutors are said to have coined the term thrill kill in regards to this case. And it was picked up and spread around the world by various news outlets. So they're kind of given credit to. Well, I just said it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they're given credit with coining that term. I just it blows my mind. It blows my mind. These two jackasses were tried separately. Koskovich was indicted on conspiracy to commit murder, robbery, burglary, armed robbery, burglary. What? That was twice. I think that, oh, I'm sorry. Burglary, armed robbery, armed burglary, felony murder of Giordano, felony murder of Galera, possessing a handgun, and hindering apprehension or prosecution. Okay. Bye. This? Have fun prison. This is my severely shortened list. He was... Indicted on a total of 16 charges. Oh, and that's just for the murders. He was also indicted for crimes committed at the sporting goods store, including theft and burglary. So they literally just threw the whole book at him. 
they're like, okay, you admit to this theft and burglary, you admit to this, you admit to this, we're going to just charge you for everything. Yeah. You waived your Miranda rights, bud. Dummy. They were, they were like, you are 18 and you have absolutely no conscience, so we're going to make sure you never walk again. You want to oh, talk wait, about something? Man. Never walk right. as a free man. They didn't take out his knees. He never <laughs> made it to the mafia. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, you want to talk about something or someone not having brain cells? It's them. Oh, absolutely. So was... I'll give Dash an additional brain cell. <laughs> he has two now. They alternate. Which is two more than they have. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, you know what? That's why I did this story to redeem Dash. <laughs> That's what you were in for, or you yeah, were doing Dash this is, for. That's the actual title, is Dash's Redemption. Yeah. Did you hear that, Dad? I'm not naming <laughs> it that, but this is Dash's Redemption here. <laughs> so the state, they were going for the death penalty against Koskovich, who pled not guilty. Defense tried to claim that Koskovich had a substance abuse disorder. He was on the Furacet at the time of the murder. Therefore, capacity to knowingly and purposely commit the murders was significantly diminished. Okay, what about the 11 days before where the story starts? Well, the state, uh, they called a forensic psychiatrist who basically said, that's bullshit. He was fine. He remembered everything. And he told police everything twice. So to say that he was affected mentally was a lie. Yeah. He remembered changing his pants 46 times. He remembers. He remembered how many breaths he took that day. (laughs) He knows. Yes. He even added the detail about picking his nose. Why he told us he ate it, we still don't know, but... He just wanted to see what it was tasting like, I guess. I don't know. And then that escalated to murder. Like, we don't know how to hear. In the end, Koskovich was found not guilty. He was sentenced to death. Sentenced. Sorry. Wait, he was found not guilty? I'm sorry. He was found guilty. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah. He was found not guilty, but sentenced to death. (laughs) So confused. Yeah. I was like, man, that's some harsh punishment. He was found guilty and sentenced to death on May 7th, 1999. In June of 2001, Koskovich's death sentence was overturned by the New Jersey Supreme Court. So on December 10th of 2002, he was sentenced to 75 and a half years in prison. He was given life in prison, basically. Does he have the possibility of parole? Yes. <clears throat> it's okay, though. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. State did not seek the death penalty on Vreeland because he was a minor. His lawyer argued that he wasn't trying to kill anybody and he had no intentions of doing so. I told you that. But he did. So he was also found guilty. And on December 22nd, my dad's birthday, of 1999, he was convicted of felony murder of Galera, aggravated manslaughter of Giordano, robbery, burglary, conspiracy, and possession of a firearm. He was sentenced to life plus 35 years in February of 2000. He has repeatedly asked for a reduced sentence, but according to every source I could find, He has been repeatedly denied, and he asked for a reduced sentence as early as uh, last year, 2022. So, 
are they using i don't even remember what it is now the case about minors not being like it being unconstitutional to sentence a minor to life in prison yep that is what got koskovich off um jason vreeland and his lawyer they are using two different cases uh one of which they were they were just brutal they were very brutal cases one of them was uh gang related and they killed multiple people and another one was i think it was two teenagers also killed multiple people but they only got one of them was like 50 something years and the other one was like 40 something so they they didn't get as long so that's what they're trying to use like hey this has happened since we've been in jail and Look at what they got. Uh, but so far, everyone's like, no, go to hell. Go back to jail. Right. See, this is one of those where I, I do think, like, in uh, literally the last case we did, uh, or the last case that I did, Josh Phillips, mm-hmm. where we talked about, uh, or the, the judge made mention of it's unconstitutional, except for, like, in extreme or whatever, whatever verbiage he used. In like very specific cases, I feel like this is one of those cases that I would say like, oh, he could use that. Yeah, I'm glad so far it has not worked. Yeah. So you did ask if they are eligible for parole. Yes, they are. Vreeland will be eligible for parole on October 14th, 2044, at the age of 65. Koskovich will be eligible for parole on October 20th, 2072, and he will be 94 years old. Um, all right, cool. Can't do yeah. shit now. Exactly. And uh, that's the story of the pizza delivery murders of New Jersey, because there's a lot of pizza delivery murders, apparently, which is just depressing. Yeah, I don't like the thought of that. Well, I've got a story for you if you want to just uh, not have to process what you just told us. That would be great. Let's go. Okay. Great, 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 great. Um, let me just tell you right now, I don't have my notes open. So you're going to to give me a second well i'm looking at the pictures and i'm excited because i think you probably know by now what i'm doing even if i haven't told our audience actually i did i have told our audience i just lied about when i was doing it <laughs> <laughs> so a couple weeks ago a couple episodes ago i covered the flatwoods monster and at the end of that episode i said oh next week I'm going to cover a story about aliens, specifically greys and reptilians. I'm still lying to you guys because I am not going to cover reptilians today. I am going to cover greys. I had enough about greys. I felt like it could be done alone. Reptilians, and we'll see. So, sorry. So sorry. Also, sorry for Amanda who thought I was doing a haunted doll today, too. I just am not... I'm not good with scheduling, apparently. Um, And so... (laughs) I'm a little off here. And also in my defense, the doll that Amanda requested does not have a lot of information. So I'm still digging. Okay. I'll allow it. Anyways. So this story all started because I wanted to do a UFO or an alien abduction story. I just couldn't find one that I was like, yeah, this is fun to research. And I said, screw this. I want to know more about Grace. And so I learned. Um, Actually, I'm pretty sure what happened is Wikipedia had a link to just a page about greys and reptilians like just greys and the reptilians had their own and i went if wikipedia can do this i can do this so done yeah seems fair to me so again i am only covering greys today sorry if you wanted reptilians sucks to be you so 
It's going to be a little series. I will cover about cover reptilians eventually. Amanda, don't try to steal it because I know you're really good at that, but don't steal it. Okay, that just felt <laughs> unnecessary, but okay. I'm still really, really upset that you stole one of my stories. Are you, though? Yes. Because I vividly remember you saying you yes. tried to get through the interviews and couldn't. Are you saying yeah, yes I'm and really crossing your fingers? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the other part. It's crossing my fingers in front of the camera so you can see. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about grays today. This is going to be one of the more commonly known ones. We all know what the little gray men look like, right? There are a couple other names for these. You've got gray aliens, Zeta, Zeta Recticulans. My gosh, I can't get that out. Roswell grays, or just many people just call them grays. Now, if you're curious about the Zeta Recticulans, I'm going to tell you about why they're also known as Zeta Recticulans. This is actually an association that comes from a case that we've covered. Would you like to guess what case that is? No. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, the Betty and Barney Hill case, which we've already covered it. If you want to listen, it was featured on episode 20. Uh, that was actually the very first UFO case we did. And it, like, it's going to be like a little walk down memory lane if you go listen to it. Okay. During the reported abduction, Betty had seen a map in the ship. And this showed the alien's home and surrounding stars. Of course, for that abduction, her memory was wiped. But she would eventually get all of that recall back after hypnosis. And she would draw that map after hypnosis. And then a school teacher, Marjorie Fish, would later go on to examine the map. And she would come to the conclusion that the aliens' homes were Zeta Recticuli, uh, which is a known binary star system. I don't know if it's Recticuli or Recticuli. I don't, I'm not going to pretend I know. But okay. it's a known system. Like, we've named that. We know what it is. That's why we're calling it Zeta Recticulans. So the greys are a frequent subject of close encounters in alien abduction cases. So often, like we know them, they're on movies, they're famous. We know all about Grace, right? But if you are not hip and with it, like Amanda and I are, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Grace look like. They are typically humanoid creatures. They have smaller bodies. Their chest is often depicted as shorter and their arms and legs seem to have like different joint types than what we would expect to see on a human. <laughs> that part gives me the heebie-jeebies more than anything. They're, they're wild joints. They're wild joints. Yes. Their smooth gray skin doesn't give you heebie-jeebies. No, I can, uh, I can, I can see that. Like, I, Is that I can just look past that. They just have a really stellar skincare routine. Oh, okay. So, that's fine. They have very large, often described as oversized heads. Large, again, oversized eyes. Some claim that their eyes are able to induce hallucinogenic states if you stare into them. Someone's going to abuse makes, that one day. They, I think they're already abusing it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe not the humans, but the greys are. They typically lack noses, ears, genitalia. They're depicted... If they are depicted with any of these features, those features are very small, like itty bitty, teeny tiny. Um, or they're depicted with just small openings for like ears, nostrils, but like no bone structure, just holes in their face. Ew. They are also hairless. They're typically described as small in stature and show no muscle definition. 
and they also have no visible skeletal structure. So they're just like mush moving around. That's the worst thing you could have said. <laughs> oh, like they sorry. shouldn't even be moving. They should just be a puddle on the ground. Yeah. It is believed that there are two different types of greys. There's the smaller, more childlike in size gray. This is described as the lackey gray. And this is also the mo more common description. Um, that's really what you're going to see. But there is another much larger and more powerful gray, which are also considered like the intelligent grays. Those are the ones on the ship waiting. Is that why the other ones are lackey? Because they're yeah, lacking intelligence? Lacking. <laughs> That's just mean. That is just rude, isn't it? Dang. Now, most cases involving the greys are described as extremely traumatic. Some compare the trauma response to that of a sexual assault. So, like, same levels of distress from what you would see with a sexual assault case. Oh, okay. I hate that. Most cases of gray abductions do include memory loss. Um, Betty and Barney Hill as an example. And in the Betty and Barney Hill case, the details of the abduction only came back to them through hypnosis. So th they really had that memory wiped. It's the eyes. Um, and, well, the other part is like, I'm sorry, if something terrible like that happens to me, I don't want to go through hypnosis. I don't want the details. I don't want to know. I go through extreme lengths to forget pieces of my life as it is. And I haven't dealt with anything this traumatic. So you get your little TikTok watch away from me, whatever, your metronome, keep it away. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't want that. And you also will hear abductees. They'll talk about how they were the center of study for the greys. So when they are abducted, have memories, or recall eventually, they're being studied. So you hear about them saying, hey, we're being studied and or probed in some way. Ooh. There's a lot of theories about why that is, whether they're trying to create a new species, just curious. It just depends on the reports that you read. And in addition to that, abductees even claim to communicate with the greys during their time being abducted through uh, telepathy which mm -hmm. is just another awful thing. So, I mean, that's all, that's the commonalities of the cases, right? And there are so many cases, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not getting into details of the cases because we could do stories on those. So, sorry. Okay. But we're all now familiar with greys now. We know what they look like. We know what they do. I do want to say it's one of the more popular depictions of aliens, especially in the U.S., According to journalist C.D.B. Bryan, 73% of close encounter or abduction claims in the U.S. depict the greys as the life form that was encountered. So that they're popular. For the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because that's significantly higher than other countries. Australia, about 50% of their cases are greys. Continental Europe, 48%. UK, only 12% of their cases. Oh, dang. That's interesting. Oh. That's something I've never considered, that, like, the greys just really like messing with Americans and maybe reptilians, like, really like hanging out over in Australia, because there's already wild stuff going on over there. I'm just hanging out with the kangaroos over in Australia. <laughs> with the emus. That's why they won. 
They had the reptilians Probably. on their side. Right. It was just, um, have you seen the Croods, the movie? No. Oh, okay. All I'm envisioning is like the reptilians, like holding up a puppet, like doing an emu dance <laughs> like to distract uh, yeah. the army. <laughs> so great. It's great. Okay. <laughs> that is really interesting though. That's yeah. just something I had never considered that different countries see different. Right. Types. I wouldn't have thought about that unless I had read about it. Huh. Now, some people theorize that greys actually originate from the 19th century novel Meta, A Tale of the Future, which was published by Kenneth Follingsby in 1891. And in his book, he depicts an encounter with a small gray-skinned, balloon-headed alien. (laughs) So Okay, balloon-headed also just feels mean. He was just talking about in shape, the best way to describe it. Okay. I also don't know if he used the terminology balloon-headed, but all the articles did. So balloon-headed wins. <laughs> Somebody somewhere used it and someone else just ran with it. Well, I mean, I don't know much about balloons, but I don't know how many balloons he had encountered. So point is, is that he kind of starts this depiction of this little gray creature. And that was in 1891. Where he got the inspiration, no one really knows. It could have been very much just his imagination. In 1893, H.G. Wells would present a description of humanity's future appearance in an article called, quote, The Man of the Year Million. In his description, he would describe humans as having no mouths, noses, or hair, and their heads very large. So people believe maybe it's coming from this because he kind of described, like, years and years from now that humans might look like this or Mm -hmm. similar. Okay. In 1971, occultist Alistair Crowley would describe a meeting with a creature that he named Lamb. So Lamb looked just like what we consider the modern gray. And Crowley claimed to have contacted Lamb through, oh God, I don't remember how to say this, a Malantra workings. And this was a process he believed allowed humans to contact ex- extraterrestrials in outer space and across dimensions. How he accomplished this, I am going to tell you, I don't know. I have no idea. Don't ask me. (laughs) Because let me just tell you, the depictions of Lamb are probably one of my least favorite things. He looks so angry. And I did not. He named him Lamb. That kind of feels like a him problem. Like if my name was Amanda and someone's, that's horrible. That's foul. It is so horrible. That's Are those his depiction. hands? Is he doing this? Uh, I I just thought it was a cape. Oh, then what's under it? Oh, I hate this. He even it's detailed horrible. his veins in his head. That go like, no. no. Yeah, it's awful. No. So I feel him though. Like that's what I was trying to say earlier. If my name was Amanda and someone's like, "No, you're Lamb now," I'd be like, "No, I have a name, bro." <laughs> yeah. And so he just describes all these different encounters that he has with Lamb. I couldn't find a lot of details. I just know he depicts them. Um, and there you go. In 1933, Swedish novelist Gustav Sandgren would publish a fiction novel called The Unknown Danger. I'm not going to attempt to name or even say the Swedish name of the novel. That's the American or the English. I shouldn't say American. That's the English translation. Okay. So, sorry, not sorry about this. <laughs> in this mood. What the hell's a moob? <laughs> what? A moob? 
Yeah, I put in this mood. Oh, that's I'm a pretty boob. sure. I know what a moob is, but I don't know what a moob is in this context. I'm assuming oh. it's book. So <laughs> in his in his novel, he describes aliens that wore clothes made of soft gray fabric. They were short, had big bald heads, large, dark, gleaming eyes, and it would be targeted for a younger audience. It had illustrations, everything. And again, this people see this and they're like, this is likely the template for what we see for modern greys today. So this is kind of what they're modeled after. It's the adjectives that give me the goosebumps. Like you said, large, dark, gleaming eyes. It's the gleaming that's just like, oh. You don't want their eyes to gleam. Don't you no. want James's eyes to gleam when he looks at you? Not if they look like this. Not if they're just <laughs> dark pools of abyss. No. I'm just saying, maybe you shouldn't be so judgy. I'm just saying, maybe the gleam is them trying to hypnotize you. Possibly. I don't know. So the Greys, again, they became a lot more popularized with the Betty and Barney Hill case in 1965. That became a huge sensation. So people theorize that there's a connection between the Greys and the reptoids or the reptilians. Some people believe that the Greys might be genetically engineered reptilians themselves. So there's that relationship with them. Others believe that the Greys actually might be enslaved and forced to complete testing and research on other races. And there are other theories that state that they're possibly not enslaved, but employed to do this testing and research by another species. I really hate that they're so low on the apparent alien hierarchy. Here's the worst part is we're technically lower than that. Crap. Why'd you have to go and say that? that? I'm just saying, like, let's think about this. Anyways, some people also believe that the Greys are actually benevolent beings from the future. Let's remember, someone was like, in a million years, this is what we're going to look like. So they're beings from the future that have time traveled back to help guide the development of their ancestors. So they're, they said time travel what? Yeah, mess with time? Yes, we're going to do that. Okay. If that's the case, what does that have to do with probing people? How is that helping? their ancestors i cannot tell you okay i guess that's for the aliens to know yeah that's for them to know and us to find out i no, no thank you <laughs> i'm good not knowing again greys are one of the most common types of aliens reported in alien abduction cases there are so many different skeptics and theories about what the greys could be and the abduction theories one of the more common theories i saw with skeptics was that the claims were just made up for money or fame, which is a very common case that we see. Yeah. Another theory is that these creatures have been so popularized that the accounts of seeing these creatures are being skewed with like different fictional characters. Maybe it's an owl. Maybe it's... um. I knew you were going to say an owl. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I almost, when you were like, here's the theories, I was this close to being like, let me guess, one of them is this an owl. Yeah, they basically think, like, if someone goes through something traumatic, their brain skews it and kind of says, you've seen this fictional character and this is what you saw was a gray. And that's not what it was. There is one interesting theory that was called the mother hypothesis. In 2005, Frederick Malstrom 
He would present his idea that grays were residual memories of early childhood development. Stick with me. He basically states that the grays were our little baby brains trying to process the people around us. Because he just came out of a hoo-ha, like you don't know anything else, and you're you're just starting to experience sight and and touch and whatever. And so it's very possible in his theory that when you're going through, and he's talking specifically in like hypnosis, when you're going through something like hypnosis, your brain is actually retrieving memories from when you're an infant and how your infant mind perceived like your parents or who the other grown-ass adults around you. That's a wild theory. Yes. It but is. like it's kind of it's kind of intriguing. I'm here for it, I'm listening to it. It is. That's all I got on the theory. Sorry, there's no more. Oh, okay. But well it was great while it lasted. <laughs> it, was, it was great while it lasted. I've never heard that theory though. So I am like I'm like okay. Uh, okay. I I hadn't either but I thought that was a good enough breakdown of what it was so like if you're under mm -hmm. hypnosis your brain sees your mom but what you perceived your mom as when you were fresh out the womb now i don't want to get too far into details on any of the these soon to be named cases since i'm me or amanda are going to do deeper dives on these so for more information come back eventually we'll let you know we'll post something <laughs> i don't know you'll figure out when we do these cases but don't here's come back quick... eventually come back next week <laughs> Yeah, come back next week. We might. We, we won't. I'm not sure. I don't know. We might cover one of these cases. We don't know. <laughs> but here's some highlights of some of the cases that potentially involve the Greys. We know of Betty and Barney Hill. And because I'm so kind and so generous, and we've already covered it, I'll give you a brief rundown. So Betty, Barney, Betty and Barney Hill traveling home from vacation with their dog in 1961 in New Hampshire. As they're driving, they see lights in the sky that would eventually begin to grow. The light would reportedly turn out to be a UFO. Betty and Barney would then lose a chunk of time in memory. They were missing enough of a time, but also when they came to, they had traveled 35 miles with no idea how they had traveled that distance. They saw some strange things when they finally got home with their car, their clothes, whatever. And Betty would eventually begin having nightmares. This would lead to the couple seeking help. And they would eventually go to a hypnotist. And they underwent several sessions um, of hy hypnosis. And the details of what is believed to have happened to them would come to light. It is believed they were abducted and studied or experimented on while on the craft. And the beings that would study them are believed to be the greys. If you want more details, I said it was brief. I wasn't kidding about it being brief. <laughs> but if you want more details on this case... Um, there are tons of places to read or listen or whatever, or you could just go to episode 20 and listen to it there because we've covered it. I covered it, which feels like ages ago. Doesn't episode 20 feel like an eternity? It really does. Cause like, I remember Betty and Barney Hill, but when you were like, do you want to guess who the Greys was? The, the past mm -hmm. couple, um, oh my God, the past couple alien stories we've covered. I was like, I don't, I don't know. That was also when there were three of us. And recording one episode took three hours so that we could all say our piece with each story. True. Yeah. In case you guys were wondering, with three of us, it takes about three hours to uh, record. <laughs> with two of us, it's, I've, I've done the math. It's like one hour per person to say per their person. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I've accepted it. And then I condense it down into what you guys hear. So you're welcome. <laughs> Anyways. 
So episode 20, if you want to re-listen or go back and listen. So that is Betty and Barney Hill. Another case that's believed to involve uh, Grays is the Roswell incident. There is one filmmaker even claimed to have some reels of film showing the autopsy of a real Gray from the Roswell incident. So I'm just Where saying. They what do you mean? Where the real? Yeah, you can you can find them on like YouTube. Oh, I'm gonna have to find them. Yeah. You also have author Whitley Streber, who published a book called Communion, which he claims he had a number of encounters with the Greys in this book. I didn't read it, not for this research, but maybe one of us will. I don't know. And then you also have whistleblower Bob Lazar, who shared their claims of greys as well and the cover-ups behind the greys now today greys are very popularized in movies and tvs tvs in tv shows <laughs> tvs um so they are popularized or depicted in night skies doctor who Scar- stargate indiana jones in the kingdom of crystal skull american dad paul the tick star trek close encounters of the third kind and star wars while not all of these movies depict an alien abduction, the typical description of greys are found at some point in that show. Now, like I said, if you're ever abducted in the U.S., it's probably going to be a grey. So let us know about it after you get the counseling needed. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not licensed. Don't come to me for therapy. I'm not even good with advice, so. No. My advice is going to be go see a professional. Oh, that's way better advice. My advice is usually, like, I cry in the shower. That's not really advice. That's what I do. Well, I'm going to give you advice to go see a professional. That's, yeah, that. Yeah. So, anyways, that is Grace. I really like this one picture. I added a comment to it, but I don't think you saw it, so I'm going to read you the comment. But... (laughs) Or do you see it? It's the one where there's the three of them that are crouched down. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would like that. Because that that picture <laughs> is 100% the cover of the Grey's new album, Galaxy Gratata. You want to know why I added that one? It's because I thought the alien in the front crouched down would make you the most uncomfortable. Oh, no, this is my, I love this. I am here for it. The one that makes me the most uncomfortable is, oh, Big Head McGee here. What was his name? Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. And his either praying hands or the fact that his brain is directly under his cloak. And this guy at the very end who's like dark gray and kind of metallic. I don't like that. Because you said there's no muscle definition. That guy has muscles. Very uncomfortable. He's one of the bigger, more intelligent ones. Well, he's also more muscular, and I do not approve. I don't know how to help you there, but... It looks like every day at the gym for this guy is just chest and pecs. No leg day, no arm day, and neck. Like he... he somehow has some pretty good calves, though. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And it, that also looks weird, because there's no thigh... But some serious calves. And then even underneath his calves, his ankle is like a twig. Yeah. And his foot is like six feet long. He's also like standing on his tippy toes. And I, yeah. 
Which at first I was like, well, maybe he's a ballerina, but he would definitely have thighs. It would explain the calves, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Helen Hills Podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram, Helen Hills Podcast, Twitter, Helen Hills Pod, or Facebook by searching Helen Hills Podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Helen Hills Podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon, where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonhillspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.